Welcome to the Swike Podcast, the only podcast that shares the stuff you didn't know you needed to know about jobs, careers, and life. The Swike Podcast, the stuff I wish I knew earlier. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Swike Stuff I Wish I Knew Earlier podcast. We're here with one of our new guest hosts, uh, Dimitrios. Dimitrios, how are you doing today? I'm good. Thanks, Luki. How are you? I'm phenomenal as always. So uh, Dimitrios comes to us with a background in a whole bunch of different things where, I mean, he's looking for roles in construction project management, but he's also uh, a, a, an aspiring YouTuber, a photographer, and has his own Etsy shop and a whole bunch of other things. But uh, we'll get into that a little bit. So why don't you tell uh, the audience a little bit about what you're doing these days? Yeah, so... Right now, I'm working on my YouTube channel. That's the one I'm trying to focus on, get it to a thousand subscribers to monetize. I've been working on this for a couple of years. And on the side, I do some video editing uh, for Luki, if anything. I do some of his, uh, his new YouTube videos and his shorts and his reels. And on top of that, I've been job hunting uh, on the side. So I've been putting this all together and just waiting now to accept an offer. So that's what I've been doing currently. That's amazing. And yes, so Demetrius does help with the uh, YouTube shorts. So if you enjoy those, then obviously you want to uh, listen more to this discussion. But I'd love if we kind of go back in time and uh, talk a little bit about what was Demetrius like as a kid? So what was kind of an early fond memory that you had growing up? Oh, how far back are we going? Are we going back to primary school? <laughs> or are we going to secondary school? As, as early as you want to go? Yeah. Uh, okay, so as a kid, oh, I'm this one is, uh, I was very shy as a kid. So I wouldn't, hmm. even when it came to, the, came to girls or just going out, I just didn't want to do anything. I was kind of like a little bit of a hermit crab. And okay. I only started coming out. I, lack of confidence was another one. So I didn't really have much confidence. And then only probably until I went to university where I started to gain a little bit more confidence and meeting new people so one of the main things was i needed to get out the house away from my parents and just live on my own for a bit just to have that experience and it's a good thing i did because you learn a lot of responsibility when you don't have your mom and dad around to give you money cook clean and do all this uh it's i was pretty independent anyway so that wasn't so much of a problem but you learn a lot just little things and could share a little bit more about uh, some of the influences growing up. So were there brothers and sisters, cousins, aunts, uncles, obviously uh, parents were, were involved, but what were some of the influences uh, going from that shy kid, uh, then gaining a little bit more confidence and being independent <laughs> out into the real world? What were some of the influences along the way? Oh, I don't know. Um, obviously, my parents were both working and I, I did work with my, my father a little bit to ha in tax. I, I did study tax and this was after the 2008 recession. So th that gave me a little bit more confidence and just understanding the world a lot more and just how much the government um, gets you, <laughs> put it that way, put it politely. And my mum was working at Harrods in a makeup department. So that wasn't really like my, my thing, obviously. But to, to, right. to progress to that stage, like really independence and to get to that high level, working in Harrods wasn't easy. As for like the, for me, the confluence factor really came from uh, just wanting to escape. So I've never really been a fan of living in England or London. It just wasn't for me. I've always found this place very frustrating. And when I found out an opportunity to came to leave England and then 
come to Canada. Because originally I was looking at Australia, but the hmm. the permits to be able to apply for that working holiday visa didn't come. So Canada's came first and it was harder to get into. So I got in and just literally going at it on my own. I, I literally left England. I knew no one in Canada. Everyone keeps asking me as well when I, when I was living in Canada. So you have any family here, any friends? Knew no one. So I was literally just on my own. And I put myself in a situation where if I don't talk to anyone, if I don't go out to get it, nothing's going to happen. So I, I, I put myself into that situation. Cool. And it actually benefited me for the better. Nice. And can you walk us through a little bit about that process? Because you started as a shy kid lacking confidence and uh, I mean, working with your dad a little bit on, on the tax counting, but you're ultimately kind of project management and well, a whole bunch of other creative endeavors. Yeah. Now. But uh, what, what was the path to like uh, get from like high school to university and maybe any of the uh, kind of unlock points that helped you maybe gain some of that confidence uh, along the way? So can you walk us through that process? Uh, a lot of just a lot. I think with the internet, we have a lot more, it, it, we have it a lot easier now to access information very quickly. So just learning, reading on the internet about what to do next, not just taking the first article, obviously, or you, you look at one article and you're like, I need to check that, double check this. So you keep checking other websites. It's just diving into research and keep looking at it. Uh, yeah, so that for me what it was, was a just, specific area that you were researching. Oh, pretty much anything. It, be, it was I, I was very techy. It was I was very techy. Okay. So like, okay, how do I transfer files from a computer to a hard drive uh, quickly and efficiently? Why was I always had problems? Was I was with Windows, and I just wanted things to work, and it wasn't like Apple where things just work easier. So a lot of it because it was window based was how to push things together how to make things work i've always had that fascination of how things how to how make things work basically okay so that kind of led you to your uh like studying and degrees like did you do any studying in in, in the uk in <laughs> london or, or was it all just in, in canada yeah so i keep forgetting the question um I, because of the way the schools were here in England, and obviously I didn't, I knew what I wanted to be when I was younger, but everyone was saying, oh, you had to go and get a degree. It's good for you. Uh, everyone has a degree. You're going to get a job. That's what everyone said. Right. And I'm guessing most kids will have, will relate to that, having a traditional family, let's say. And I was like, okay, fine. Let's just go to university. And obviously I didn't know what to do. So I just picked computer science, thinking that, Oh, it's computers. It'll be fine. So that that's how I chose it. I didn't chose it because I wanted it. I chose it because of traditional family mentality, basically, in that we were going to get a degree. Anyway, I failed my first year. I retook the exams and I passed and I got into the second year and failed again. It's just no interest. Like me, C++ and Java didn't understand. Just nothing, nothing was there. I don't understand how I, I passed in the first year. So I left and I ended up getting a job uh, in, in computer support, basically. It was for a computer engineering company. Uh, it, was computer, it was all right. And I'm glad I did it. But then it was just so boring that it just wasn't what I expected. So I ended up leaving to go to Cyprus. And then after that, when I came back, I've obviously 
did I go, what year was this now? 2008. So yeah, this is when the crash happened. So obviously no one was really hiring at that time. So it made it even, even if I had passed university, it would have been the year everyone graduated and no one was hiring. So I'm kind of okay. glad I got the job because I got the leg up. But it still is because I was finding things that weren't for me. It made it challenging afterwards because everyone who had left university now has a degree, but no one was hiring. So you're just, it's just the market's just saturated with people. And what do you do now? Right. Yeah. And I'd love you if you walk us through the part where um, you're, in, in the job and it's kind of boring. <laughs> How do you make the decision? Cause a lot of folks will be stuck in that situation. We're like, well, this is kind of what my life is and I'll just continue doing it for the rest of my, my life. What, what was kind of the breaking point for you to decide to do something different? Uh, do you know, I think the problem with a lot of young people at the time is because they don't, they don't have the experience that you get by the time you're 30 and you're thinking, Oh, I wish I changed this. And if, if I was to give advice now to someone young looking for this, don't pick it for the sake of uh, money. Make sure you're going to enjoy it. If anything, my advice would be do get some form of work that will give you some money and just save it up and then go traveling. Go traveling and explore the world, what it has to offer while you have that opportunity, while you're young. Uh, obviously, don't go crazy by going to expensive hotels. Do it on a budget. You know even if you had a part-time job, you're not going to earn a lot of money. Uh, but that's what I would do. And then once you've figured out what you, what you want to do, then go into it. Unless, of course, you already know it, then go for it. But that's, that's what I would have preferred to have done. Okay. And, and you mentioned that you already had a sense of what you wanted to do beforehand, but you just picked computer science because you had to get, get a degree. So what was that thing that you wanted to do and like how did you start uh, wrapping those plans around what was traditionally required of you? <laughs> yeah, so ever since I was a kid, I've always wanted to be a pilot. That was, I, I had a fascination with planes. Uh, it was just that feeling of flying. I just loved uh, being in an airplane. Every time I went on holiday, just, it was just fascinating. And then obviously when the decision came to like, why, why go to university? I want to go to flying school. This is what I want to do. And it's like, no, get a degree. It's better for you. Um, you can you can do it afterwards. Well, <laughs> it didn't really materialize. So uh, I still wanted to do it. I still have that desire to do it. It just it's not going to be on a commercial basis, basically. Right. Cool. So tell tell me more about how you started incubating that and started moving into the that that narrative because. Uh, obviously you did computer science, uh, you found this boring job. <laughs> was the thought of becoming a pilot still there at the time or was the, did it morph into something else uh, to get you to where you are to now? Um, obviously it did surface up again. I think the 2008 crash affected uh, everything because every industry was affected. So even if I became a pilot, no one was hiring. It was just so difficult at that time. And it obviously took a, a very long time for uh, the whole world to actually recover. I know they say they recovered after a year or two, but I didn't believe that one bit. So I, I think after that, because I was I worked for one of my dad's clients for a bit on as a bath online. He was a bathroom online retailer, and I was just like a web administrator, just managing the website, 
putting the products online, doing the copy. Uh, I'm a jack of all trades, basically doing, doing the hardware. I would help with shipping out products whenever they needed to be, if they were down. So I was all over the place and eventually they were moving offices and it was going to be a little too far for me to, to travel to work. And it just wasn't feasible with the salary I was on. So I left and I was out a job for a month and then I found a, a job in Camden, but it wasn't permanent. It was temporary. And again, it was a jack of all trades job, just helping out in the office. It was for a design studio. So helping move furniture, helping put products online, very, very simple stuff, nothing, nothing too crazy. And there was a good probably 10, 15 people, temporary workers working there. And it was a paid position. Okay. Obviously wasn't amazing, but it was, it was a start. I thought if I work hard enough, maybe they will accept me. And then guess what happened? Three months later, no one was there except for me. And then legally in England, if you're there for three months, they have to give you a contract to let you go. They can't carry it on. They gave me a contract and I ended up becoming a junior designer. So just helping in the design studio. I thought that was a lot of fun. Camden was an amazing place to work at. So I really loved working in Camden. I actually really liked that period in time. That was what, 2010. This is when this happened. It was I was there for six months. And then... I th- when wow. oh yeah after that it was just bad luck again i've always had bad luck in jobs so the <laughs> company went into liquidation and then we went on what they call is gardening leave where you're paid but you don't have to turn up to work which sounds amazing to some people but it was very frustrating and i just remember that day going home where i know i didn't do anything wrong but just everything was going wrong that day uh went to went, got on the train the train had to stop several stops earlier so i had to go and get the bus then the bus broke down then i started walking home then it started raining so just the worst <laughs> luck you could ever imagine on that day i was like this is not this is not great right now so that's that was that bit and then how did things start turning over so obviously that bad day didn't continue on and so so you went into yes. uh, i guess that garden gardening leave that's that that sounds interesting <laughs> uh, so I think, how did you turn that around is it something more interesting yeah uh so this is probably what 2010 so this was the end of 2010 and then uh, i went to my dad's office to help him out with tax returns obviously i wasn't qualified but just basic excel stuff summarizing income and expenses i had the tax team there just guided me and then i was there to help with the, the computer stuff so if anyone had a computer problem, I would go and solve it because I was pretty adept at that time. I knew what I was, all that, remember when I was telling you all that research I was doing at university, how things work, that's where this came in handy now. And the tax team was saying, look, we're looking for a junior. It, uh, becoming a tax assistant was basically recession proof because everyone's going to need one. So that we was talking and tax is that love hate thing because you hate tax but it's very fascinating. So the, the, okay. that's where the divide is with tax with me. And it's, at the end of the day, it's business, and it, I learned a lot from it. Uh, it's, it, it put a lot of sense in my head. It's like, okay, I need to be aware of this. Why weren't we taught this at school? Which is what probably a lot of people mm-hmm. would be saying right now. So I decided, do you know what? Let's just go for it. I've got nothing to lose. Uh, everything was making sense at the time. It was a job. It was money. 
And the one thing I, I worked probably a lot harder than what people were thinking because I didn't want to make it seem that I got the job because it was my my father's firm because he was the he was one of the partners there. So I didn't want to make it seem that way. So even though I worked hard, I probably worked even harder just so I wouldn't give that impression. And then I, no one even had that impression because they knew that I was doing tax. I was studying to do my exams at the same time. So I was carving my own path. And that's where I spent, what, three years? I passed uh, my first set of tax exams. And then once I had passed, then I was like, you know, I need to, to move on. I need to elevate and get paid uh, more. And obviously there's only so much you can do. So I ended up moving to a firm actually even closer to where I was working, but this was very close to me. And it was in the mm. entertainment and film industry. And the, the pay was bigger and it was the next step basically in tax. So I ended up working for another company and then I was there for two years. And then after doing tax for five years, it was, again, it was that love-hate thing. January is or the <laughs> December and January is the worst time as well in tax in England for tax because that's when the tax returns are due. So you're working like every single day, including right. weekends. And it may not seem a lot was for one or two months of the year, but it's very intense. And that's why I like, this tax is not for me. It's like I can't see myself. What am I gonna do in my 30 or 40? Like, yeah, it's a good job, but I hate it. I can't be doing this, it's stressing me out. <laughs> so that's when I started looking to escape England, like, oh, there's opportunities to work abroad. I've never traveled before. Let's go for it. Okay. Yeah, and, and walk us through that, that process. So was it a, a just go online and say, hey, where can I move to? Where should I go to? And, and yeah, uh, the, it was, the work permit it was, visa process was easy or? Like... Um, it, it was literally like I typed in working holiday visa or travel and work. That's what my, my two keywords, travel and work. That's what I was looking at. And then slowly, slowly, these companies came up where they offered assistance in getting, following you down the road of the process of getting the application and the visa, the working holiday visa for you. It's usually for the Commonwealth countries, Australia, New Zealand, Canada, uh, sure. USA would be in there too, but their system's a little bit different. So it was just doing a lot of research, which company offered the best value for money, what, what services they offered. And I can't, I think it was Boonac, the company that I, I looked at, and that's the one I went with. And it was, you, you pay the money, they help you get, walk you through the visa process of immigrate, or getting the, the working holiday for Canada. And then it was, once I had that secured, then it, the next step was, okay, where do you want to go to Vancouver or Toronto? And then we had at the time when I did have Facebook, we had Facebook groups and everyone was saying, oh, I'm going to Vancouver, literally everyone. I'm like, why does everyone want to go there? So I was like, I want to be different. I don't want to follow where everyone else is going. So I went, I said, all right, I'm going to go to Toronto. That's where I'm going to head to. Plus it was the fact that Vancouver was very rainy and I already live in a rainy city. So I don't really want the same again. <laughs> So I went to Toronto and then part of that package that we had was a stopover in Iceland. So as we go, as we leave England, we stop over on Iceland for a couple of days, which was cool to experience the, the Blue Lagoon and the, well, we tried to see the, the lights in the sky, but they didn't appear that day. And then ended up in Canada and everything was just looking up like this, like typical tourist uh, ended up in Canada and, uh, 
a lot of people had jobs ready and lined up at ski resorts. It's normally the first thing people do when they arrive in Canada, because this was around December now when I arrived, November, December. I said to myself, I wanted to find my own job, but because we had such a great bunch of people with us, I was like, you know what? I'm going to come with you guys. So I applied for Blue Mountain Resort in Canada and they gave me the front desk position and accommodations. I was like, great. I know it's, it's not going to be the same money as is in tax. I knew that very well, but I had saved up a lot of money. And I said to myself, okay, this is a step back, but I want to just enjoy my time for a bit, enjoy the Canadian experience and learn to ski and just meet new people, just have that complete new experience. Sounds good. Sounds like a, a quite a different journey from like computers to accounting. Now you're yeah. at the front desk. I've been around the <laughs> at, block. At a ski resort and been around on different things. So what what was the journey there to to kind of get to where you are now? So obviously you're not working at a ski resort right now, and you picked yeah. up a few interesting uh, hobbies along the way. So what after the Blue Mountain stint finished, I. Uh, I obviously headed back to Toronto, which was only around what, a couple away, a couple hours away. And I had a, I had a passion for cars. I've always loved my cars, and I mm. I always washed my own car back in England. I had a, I bought a car which was I was very pleased about with the, the money I was making in tax, and I, I I was very specific about who washed it. So I had my my interest in detailing there, like. When I say very specific, okay. if I saw a speck of dust, I would have to get rid of it. I'd be tell my parents, "Don't park the car here. Don't park it under the tree." So I ended up getting a job uh, for a luxury auto detailer in downtown Toronto, hmm. and I actually took his business and revamped it to. Hmm. I instead of destroying what he already had, I kept the core essential. Uh, services that he had but it added more luxury items like more in-depth detail so took it taking the knowledge that i had learned and applied to the car and offering services like two two days of detailing with cars so instead of charging 150 dollars 200 dollars for a quick wash we would take these ferraris lamborghinis rolls royces whatever it may be and we would do a more in-depth clean polishing giving a, a ceramic coating so the water will flow off. Uh, so I, was, I, I helped him add those services and build that up. And I really enjoyed that. But again, he, he didn't see the value in me providing it, which was crazy. I was like, I can't be here being paid the wage like I deserve better. So I decided to leave there, um, which was upsetting because I really, I really enjoyed that. Again, everything that I've enjoyed... It's just not worked out for me. And it's like, so I left. So I ended up working in hospitality. This was my first stint in hospitality. Uh, so I have to work my way from the bottom. So I was just the bus boy or, uh, uh, yeah, bus boy, as they say, just clearing up the tables. But the restaurant I was at was very nice. I actually think it's one of the best restaurants in Toronto on Queen Street, uh, The Good Sun. Uh, I really enjoyed my time there. And then slowly, slowly... Because I was looking, I wanted to immigrate to Canada, so I was looking for a more permanent um, position, something that would, because with a serving position, you can't immigrate to Canada with. So I was looking, I ended up finding this place called Access Employment. I don't know if you've heard of it, Luki. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I applied through there. Center, yeah. 
yeah, so I applied to the Access Employment where these different employers come, they pitch uh, the positions and their company, basically. Uh, and then I found this solar company, uh, which it was a, it was a lead, lead associate was the role. And I said, okay, great. The, the wage was decent, like not amazing, but it was doable. And, so I, and it's not, it wasn't too far. I was in Etobicoke. So from where I was staying, it was probably what, half an hour, 40 minutes subway. So it's not, not far at all. Right. Uh, and I, I took that role on and slowly, slowly, this was very similar to the design role where I was uh, building systems in place. Same with my, the tax role as well. I built systems in place to make my life easier and for other people easier. So when we started onboarding new employees, I basically designed the training manuals. So they take that and I literally escalated their time from going being employed to getting them going within a few days, let alone taking them weeks. Mm. So that's, that's, that was really important. And the owner at the time saw that upgraded me to lead associate. So I was doing more things like quality control, managing the data, making sure efficiency was there, making sure the leads from the solar being picked up for solar were quality leads and not just, you know, just the lead for the sake of it. So I was just sitting through those, speaking with the tech guy, automating processes to make, if we could do that as well and think they could, they could be done. Uh, And again, I, it was came up to my probation and he didn't, the way they organized my pay packet was not suitable in any way. And I was like, this is just not working. So we have to revise it because it made it worse, not better for me. So I said to him, look, yeah, so I I, I said to him, look, this is what I'm looking for. You know, I want to stay. Everyone there was on my side because they really liked me, but the owner just didn't want to, to pay the money. So I said, you're leaving me with no choice. Like, I know that businesses have a cost, but I need to be able to survive as well on that, on a, on a salary. I'm not asking for a crazy amount. Right. Uh, so in the end, I decided to leave and I went back into hospitality. And this is where, well, I think any, any young person, if you want to make good money, go and work in hospitality because you will learn a lot. <laughs> you build up your confidence super quick as well. So if you're shy, you've got nothing to lose because if you want money, you have to go speak to people. And it, and it works, right. especially if you're in college, it's probably the best thing. I, I recommend any young person to work in the hospitality industry. So I started working with my friend because he was working there. He got me the job. That's, that's how hospitality works. If you know someone, you're going to get in. So yeah. you can't just apply it. You can, but it's better when you know someone. And then straight away, the money was way better than working 40 hours a week. You could work three days in the equivalent of someone working nine to five or minimum wage. And you're making enough money to be comfortable. If you work five days, you're going to be more than comfortable working hospitality. So I'm networking there and I'm deciding my next move. At this point, I was kind of frustrated with Canada as well, just the way things were always not working, just like how they were in England. And then my dad said... (laughs) To me, one of the best things uh, he, he said was, there's problems in the world wherever you go. So it doesn't matter what country you pick, England or Canada, you're always going to have your problems. You just have to face them. And that really sat with me. And I was like, 
do you know what? He's right. Like I hated England and I left for a reason. I can't be frustrated in Canada and leave again just because things aren't working out. Like something will eventually happen. You just got to think the next step. So at that time, I had a lot of friends in Canada. Obviously, being English, everyone loves you because of the accent. Very charming. <laughs> <laughs> and they were said to me, just work in, work in construction, work in the construction industry that's always in demand, it's always needed. It's an essential skill in a way. So obviously, we were talking about this, and I started looking into it more, uh, doing my research. Again, this is something that was ingrained in me as a kid. Having the internet, you can do your research. I was like, okay, right. this sounds good. Like the money's the money's good as well. I wish I knew about it earlier. I can immigrate with it because if you go to, I can. My visa was running out at the time now because I had a two year working holiday visa. So I thought maybe I could mm. I can apply for an extension, go back to England for a bit until they give me um, until they've accepted my uh, my application to go to college again. And then I can get onto a study visa because I was still under 30. You could do it. So I was like, perfect. Let's, um, right. let's, let's do this. I was like, I haven't actually got a degree because I left university. I, I failed. So I had, I've got nothing to my name really. So I was like, okay, perfect. I went back to England for like a few months, enjoyed my time, had like a long break. And then obviously got accepted into George Brown, went through the whole process of doing the visa. And I could do this myself now because it's fairly straightforward. It's just a lot of paperwork. Right. Went to George Brown for two years studying construction, renovation, technology. That was it. It was a two-year course originally before I upgraded it to a three-year. Uh, so I decided I want to do the extra course. And obviously during this time, uh, this is when COVID happened. So we, if we catch up now, we're now at COVID. Right. And I'm, throughout this time, I was working hospitality to maintain my, my rent. So two three, two, three days a week while studying. I barely had any time to myself because you're at school, you're working, and then plus you have to do all your assignments, which is basically a job in itself. Yeah. I had no time, but I made it work. Everything was working for me. And it was... I enjoyed going to college, having that Canadian experience. It's kind of what I paid for. I paid, well, my father, I should say, helped me out here. It was a, probably four times the cost of what a Canadian pays as an international student. Right. So I think I, I average is what, $5,000, I think, for a Canadian student to go to college. Is, is that right? Sure. Yeah. Something I, like I, that, yeah. Yeah, something like that. So my thing, mine was like three to four times that. Plus... Yikes. your living expenses plus your rent. So it's, it was hell of expensive. So my father helped me with the tuition, uh, but I was paying my own way with rent and living expenses, etc. cetera. Uh, again, COVID hit. Well, no one could work. So that made everything difficult for everyone. And then I was just studying at home. It's just literally getting up, rolling out of bed onto the computer and then going back to bed and just studying. That's all that was doing. <laughs> when it started clearing up, because we went through several waves, I obviously I found a job in construction uh, as a carpenter assistant, and I was working there for let's say six months, from August till about December, uh, and that was really fun. Again, everything that I have been trained at school. Uh, in construction, I can now apply, and I was like, "Oh, great! This is a job that I can." 
get into. I've got all the tools. I've been building up this for two or three years now, uh, building on this house, learning for, on the job from others. This was perfect. This, I like I like this. It wasn't. It's better than being at a desk. And then come right. my last semester, basically before I graduate, uh, he had to let me go because obviously the third wave of COVID was coming again. So he couldn't afford to keep me on. And I was like, this just doesn't stop uh, happening. <laughs> so again, I got let go. And I, I was just studying again. Uh, I was still on serve uh, was what they were calling it at the time, which was helping me, but it wasn't exactly amazing. And then as I graduated, COVID was starting to, they were starting to lift the lid on the barriers basically. And I ended up finding a job just before Serb ran out in hospitality again. Because again, it was just easy to get into. And I knew a friend of mine who, was, who worked there before. So again, it's just like a straight shoe in. So that's where right. I was working in hospitality for a bit. But all this time under COVID, because I had all this time because I wasn't working, this is where I woke up the most. And I have to say, I'm very thankful for my uh, professors as well, because instead of, he knew that we were clued up on that we were going to do the assignments. He didn't have to worry about that or we knew what we were doing. So in, in most of our lessons, we were actually talking about life in itself and how that functions and what you should do and how, how to help yourself and not just, Here's, here's the course and lecture. Like we knew what we were doing. All the slides were there. All of us were all clued up there. So then slowly, slowly I was waking up and like, I can't trust anyone anymore. Look what happened to everyone pretty much during COVID where hmm. no one could find a job. No one was safe, regardless of what position you were in. Uh, so it's like, okay, now I need to figure out a way to make money where I'm reliant on myself. I'm responsible for me to at least have this extra income coming in. So this is where YouTube started coming in and the fascination of how they make money on the side, how they work, affiliate marketing, brand deals. I knew nothing about photography or videography, nothing. If you watch my first video on my YouTube channel, it's awful. It's just one static shot of me talking. And then slowly, slowly, that fascination of research, but now it's in video form, which I prefer. That's just the way I prefer to learn. It, I started, okay, how to take better photos. And you start learning about cameras. What camera should I buy? And you start learning about the different, because everyone's already done it and they have that experience right. of um, what cameras to buy for the money on your budget, what lenses do what, how each mode works. Then my fascination for drones started happening because that's just another form of photography and videography. So YouTube spiraled everything for me. And then I just started filming, but the best advice again was from one of the YouTube channels, Think Media, was start now. Because if you don't start, you're just gonna be uh, thinking about it all the time and not actually doing it. And you, the best way to learn is to actually do it. So I was like, okay, my first few videos are going to be terrible. I know that. But if I know that with every video I do, I'm getting better, whether it's adding B-roll, whether it's having a script, right. whether it's buying something new and talking about it, then you start to act, your analytical skills become better because you're talking about the pros and cons of a gadget or 
uh, an item and then giving your your thoughts and your experiences on it. So you start learning that way. You look at other channels and you pick up, oh, I like that. I want to apply that to my video now. So you're taking something that you've learned and putting it into practice. And now slowly, slowly, uh, my YouTube channel has grown and I have got better going from not knowing anything at all to being certified in Canada, UK and in Europe for drones, knowing a little bit more about photography, setting up my, currently in the process of uploading my listings on Etsy with my photos that I've taken in the last two years. Uh, so yeah, it's been a long ride. I've probably been talking for too much. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think this is great because this is th this last little bit is to really uh, hone in on the, the passion that you found, right? So everything kind of contributes to that whole uh, path. And obviously, there's a lot more to go. You're just getting started on the journey, and I'm excited that that you're here to to help me as well on yeah. uh, developing the the content for for the YouTube channel as well. But if you were, were to uh, provide some swike, the stuff I wish I knew earlier, maybe uh, two or three of them to young Demetrios as he was growing up with all the bad luck, all this other thing <laughs> that, that's happened in his life. What would you uh, provide to him as we start uh, closing off this uh, this discussion? Yeah. What swike would you have um, for I young Demetrios? Uh, don't waste your money on alcohol and don't bother going to clubs. It's a waste of time and money. <laughs> that's seriously the first thing. Um, don't give up. Just persevere. And don't let other people affect your thoughts. If they're negative, it's just probably because they're jealous. So just ignore it. Don't care about what people say and just can carry on doing your thing. Um, was, oh, yeah, definitely. If, if you don't know what to do, just get, just get any job to make some money and put it, save up and travel the world until you figure out what you want and then go into that. Right. And then definitely become reliant on Social media, I would say start a YouTube channel about what you're passionate about. So at least you can start building a side income or side business. So you're not relying on just one income stream. Yeah, sounds like a lot, a lot of different things. I'm sure the, uh, the the money on alcohol and clubs will be a little bit controversial, but I'm sure <laughs> it has a lot of merit because uh, it, for, for those that need it, I mean, you need it. But if you think about what it gets you, well, uh, probably Waste a, of time. A, a bit of a hangover and an empty wallet, right? that sort of thing. Persevere, I think, is, is phenomenal. Obviously, everyone needs to uh, be able to keep going because sometimes it's the uh, learning from the, the falls and, and, the, the not, and, and something that doesn't knock you out. Uh, that really helps you, right? Uh, because you progress through those challenges and hardships. And that concept about uh, don't let others affect your thoughts and they're probably just jealous. I think that's that's quite uh, appropriate because a lot of folks see them, see what you're doing and they want to put you down because if you're successful, then it's like, oh, now they have to put in the work <laughs> to, to elevate themselves because they were in the same or similar position. Uh, the part about if you don't know what to do, just do something and then figure it out, I think is is appropriate because a lot of folks, they jump into something and waste a bunch of time and, well, quote unquote, waste a bunch of time doing stuff they don't necessarily want. Um, and that last little bit on uh, social media, I'm not sure if it's specific on social media, but definitely multiple streams of yeah. income is highly recommended for folks because some people, uh, obviously social media is a way to do that, but there's other ways of doing that as well. So I think lots of great advice uh, that hopefully folks can take away. If uh, folks want to connect with you on, on social or elsewhere, uh, where can they find you and what are some future aspirations that uh, we can look forward to connecting with you in the future about? 
Yeah, if you if you wish to connect me, you can find me on probably much all social media. I'm probably most active on YouTube and Instagram. So YouTube, you'll see all my stuff on drones, photography, and everything in between. Uh, Instagram, I'll share some small snippets as well as TikTok. Those are the ones I really focus on. Uh, I'll I'll link my Etsy stop. I'll give Lukey everything my my Etsy stop and links that you can have. Yeah. Uh, there's my website too if you want to check that out. Uh, was there anything else? I can't remember what you just said. Yeah, just future aspirations. What can we look forward to hearing from you? But it seems like all of those things are part of your future aspirations. Yeah, uh, there's there's more drone content coming out. I'm just in the process of filming and editing. Uh, obviously, moving back to Canada, hopefully next month. So it's just a lot of trying to fit everything in. But there's going to be more drones and photography stuff, especially FPV, because that's the most exciting. Sounds good. So work in progress, lots of uh, different success stories that are on underway. And uh, yeah, looking forward to having you help out on, on uh, this YouTube channel as well. So thanks so much, Demetrius, for uh, sharing your story. And uh, hopefully we'll have you back for a future episode. Yeah, perfect. Thanks, Luki. Thanks for joining us on the Swike Stuff I Wish I Knew Earlier, the podcast. If you like the podcast, please subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you found this podcast. And if you can give us a review, that would be very appreciated. Feel free to contact me on LinkedIn at Luki Danu, L-U-K-I-D-A-N-U, and the same on most social media platforms. And I look forward to hearing from you. Thanks. Bye.